Yo, 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 guys, what's up, man? Welcome back to uh, Sparklight. Uh, as you can see, we're in a new location right now. We're actually at the Dash Radio Studios. Um, shout out Dash Radio for allowing me to use the facilities. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is going to be the new home for uh, Sparklight. I'm very, very excited about this. You know, I kind of feel like Stephen A. Smith or something right now. You know, uh, if I need to yell, I can yell. Uh, you know, these are things that I can do because we're not at the homies' crib. We are actually in a actual studio, and that is what you come here to do. You come here to actually record. So, yeah, shout out that. Again, shout out Dash Radio. If you're listening on Dash Radio, shout out you. If you are listening on uh, YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, also shout out you. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, so obviously this is Sparklight. We talk about the LA Sparks. That's what we do on this show. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, I am covering the LA Sparks on behalf of, um, Hoops and Brews and, um, H&B Media this season. A couple of things have happened since we last spoke. Uh, you know, um, uh, there would, there have been two preseason games actually, uh, the first one being the Sparks played the Phoenix Mercury, actually in Phoenix, so I did not attend that one. Little storm in Pasadena uh, at uh, Pasadena um, City College. Uh, that was actually the first WNBA game I actually went to, and I must say I was, as far as the play on the court, I was extremely, extremely impressed. Like these are literally 100% some of the best women's athletes in the world. Um, it's physical. The game is actually really, really physical. Actually, there was one play uh, when um, somebody got absolutely rocked by a screen. I mean, like, absolutely, like, destroyed by a screen. Uh, um, I saw one play, um, Raquana, uh, who is, she actually just joined the team. Um, Raquana, she, like, knocked the girl out of bounds. It was, like, not necessarily necessary, but it was definitely necessary for the physical tone just to uh, make it be known that nothing's coming easy. Um, so, again, it was a great game, uh, skilled. Um, uh, you have shot creators, like girls who can go out there and get their own shot. Um, one of the girls are really – women who – not girls, women who can go out there and get their own shot. Uh, one of the women I really, really enjoyed watching play was um, Marina Marby. Uh, I got a chance actually to uh, talk to Marina on um, Media Day. Um, I got a chance to talk to her and pretty much just ask her. I, um, got, I, I got a chance to talk to her and pretty much just she. Well, during Media Day, she mentioned the fact that she grew up playing outside. She said that she grew up um, in New Jersey, and uh, you know she never really um, was in gyms. She was kind of just outside playing and figuring out how to score. And, you know, dribble and, you know, take it to the rim and do those types of things. And I actually got a chance to actually ask her about that. And um, here's what she said. Um, kind of spoken it uh, there, um, about, you know, growing up playing outside. But I've heard a lot of players say, like, there's a style difference between, like, players that come from, like, the East Coast or West Coast. Have you noticed kind of that, like, style difference um, in your basketball career so far? Yeah. Uh, obviously, like, there's players from California that are great, and then there's players from Jersey, New York that are great. Um, I just feel like it's a different style of play. Uh, a lot less of a system in um, the East Coast. I feel like a lot of people are outside playing pickup all day. There's not as many trainers. Not to say that Jersey doesn't have trainers nowadays, but when I, when I was practicing, there was not as many trainers 
I never trained with anybody, but I feel like in LA there's so many trainers, so many people that are helping these kids do drills after drills. So I feel like you come out as different players. Not not to say that one is better than the other, it's just a lot different. And uh, you can actually notice that when she plays. Uh, she's she's very, very creative. Um, that's one thing that uh, I noticed um, 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 in that game that, you know, she's extremely creative. It's not a uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that she's going to make the team, but I definitely hope she does. And and, and, and also, I, I, I just think that they need, the Sparks need, you always need great guard play. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you have Chelsea Gray, Elena Beard, those, they didn't play. Um you also have Sydney Weiss, uh, but still, you, you also have Carly um, Samuelson as well, um, 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 Tierra Pratt. But you need great guard play, and especially with the Sparks, like you have so many bigs. You have a plethora of bigs that um, you can go to. You can go to Candace Parker. You can go to Necker. You can go to Sydney. You can go to Kalani Brown. You can go to um, Maria. There's so many bigs on the roster, but uh, you always need great guard play. Um, and you also need shot creators, and and um, I think that Marina can be a shot creator. Uh, in limited action in the first preseason game, well, just not the first preseason game, the second preseason game, as she played um, against the Storm, uh, there were certain plays, like even certain plays that she didn't finish. I just like her ability to get to the rim. Um, and that's something that I think is definitely uh, needed, especially um, um, when you – Think about the WNBA. Like there, there aren't, there are some women that can't create their own shots. But I feel it's more of a. But then this is why I think that this game is actually more fundamental than what the men's game is because obviously they're not as you know athletic. So you have to more run an offense and more run a system and make and um, make sure that you do do the small things like communicate, set great screens to get open. But there are those players who can go and create their own shots. Um, you know. Chelsea, she can create her own shot. Raquana, she can create her own shot. And Maria is also one of those people that can create her own shot. So best of luck to her. I hope she makes the team. Again, I really, really enjoy watching her. Like, I remember I was, like, texting the homie because uh, TBJ went with me. I was texting him, like, yo, that's like Kyrie out there. That's like Lady Kimba, Lady Kyrie. Um, like, that's how she looked when she plays. Like, I haven't got a chance to ask her, but, I mean, I'm just going to assume. So this is not from her. I don't know. But uh, I, she 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 kind of plays as if some of her favorite players are Kyrie Irving and um, Kimba Walker, especially being from the um, New Jersey, New York area. Uh, so, yeah, shout out her. Um, next, I want to get into talking about uh, Derek Fisher and um, the job that I think he's doing and um, what he's gonna, uh, you know, bring to not just the WNBA but the um, Sparks in general. Uh, I have a clip actually of Penny of Penny Lowe actually telling us uh the reason I mean not Penny Lowe, Penny Tolliver, excuse me, excuse me. Penny Tolliver actually telling us the reason as to why she decided to hire Derek Fisher as LA Sparks coach. One of the things I love about Derek and about the embarrassing, you know, make him blush so y'all can get his picture while he's blushing. Okay. <laughs> You know, I've been familiar with Derek, and that's what a lot of people don't know. And this league, I know a lot of people always think, oh, you got to hire a woman, or you got to hire someone that's been in the league. Derek is very familiar with the league. I, I can truly say this, I've been impressed with your knowledge of all the college players where 
he's up to speed. One day I was coming on the name and he threw it out. <laughs> so my familiarity with Derek, the thing I like about him is he's fresh, he's new, and contrary to what a lot of people say is I'm not on the court. I need someone that's gonna get along with the girls. You know, I think his personality, his passion for the game is gonna be great for the girls. And being a female myself, it's gonna be awesome to have a coach to listen to. Because you know, as women, we gotta have somebody to listen to us, whether we're right or wrong, <laughs> you know. And his warmth and less, and you know, I don't wanna forget this either. And his five championship rings don't hurt either. So all those things and his knowledge of the game, I think about he's a hard worker because you look at him with the Lakers and no offense to Derek, he made himself better by his whole, his work ethic. And that's the type of work ethic you need to win a championship. So I think when I thought about who could coach this team and everybody in here know I took a lot of flack because I didn't consider anybody. But I like to say I've been here for what? The Sparks whole existence. I don't have to guess or I don't like to waste people's time. He was the guy for the job. He's different. I love the fact that he's only been in men's basketball. And what I mean by that is his eyes are fresh. You know, he coaches a different style. And as a GM, I'm telling you, it gives me, and this is a selfish point about the team. As a GM, it gives me a lot of flexibility because I've had, I have had coaches that I have to pick players that will help them be successful. Where with Derek, I can pretty much pick anybody. And I believe he can coach it. And for a GM, that's a luxury. When you can go out and be like, oh, give me this one, give me that one, oh, as opposed to, oh, wait a minute, you may not go in that system and stuff like that. Because I do believe that you have to pick the coaches, the players, according to the coach, not just because I'm the GM and what I say, because I want to give him the best opportunity to be successful. His success and the player's success equal the organization's success. So fresh, new, energized, upbeat, positive. Um, I think the girls, he will listen to their feedback and not be offended. And like I say, his eyes are fresh. He's not a retrain coach. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. So yeah, that's 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 uh, a clip of Penny um, at Media Day talking about why she uh, you know chose to hire Derek. Um, and one thing that I really liked that she said was he's fresh and he has new eyes, um, which I think that um, that'll be something that the Sparks really need. Um, I mean, he's coached on the biggest stage possible again. Like you've coached at Madison Square Garden every single night. Uh, so he has a different, and again, you've won five rings as a player. You've played with greatness. You've played with Kobe Bryant. Like it doesn't, it doesn't get too much greater than playing with Kobe. So I think that just offensively and defensively, and and just as a, I think more so for Derek, it's going to be about what he's going to bring to these women as just human beings. Um, not even on a on a uh, on a uh, you know a, a basketball level, but just literally as human beings, because those things do translate on the court. Uh, you know, just trusting um, in your coach, believing, um, you know, uh, uh, um, in yourself, uh, persevering through um, uh, um, um, adversity. All of these things, I feel like sometimes even more important than just X's and O's. And uh, actually, um, NECA kind of spoke on uh, what it's like to have Derek Fisher um, as a coach uh, after the game on um, on um, third on um, Friday. So, uh Check out what she had to say. Definitely anticipate. Talk about your own head coach and how this transition has been. Great. Um, 
I would say it's the first time I've been coached by like a true players coach. So it's different. Um, he thinks of things that we don't even think of sometimes. And uh, he's not just a players coach, he is a championship you know, legend. And he's LA, you know? And so there's a lot that he brings to the table that is kind of, <laughs> that is kind of like what we never knew we needed. You know, and he's very invested, um, teaching us a lot individually and also like uh, off the court, I guess you could say. He's teaching us a lot about just being a human being and that's kind of translating to us on the court. But yeah, so uh, as she said, like it's, 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 it's her first time having a player's coach. And I think that it's probably a lot of these women's uh, first time having a player's coach, especially in like the, um you know, uh, um, WNBA. You know, I, I don't want to 100% speak for them, but... I think that just, I mean, look, I covered the Clippers this year. I've been around Doc a lot. I think Doc is a player's coach. To me, a player's coach is just a person who is not so much X's and O's, but is more about inspiring his uh, players and knowing how to get the best out of every single individual because he can relate to them. And I think that Derek can relate to them. Like, Derek's been a player for, uh, what, 15 years again. He's, you know, he's um, won championships. He's failed as a well, – I don't want to say failed as a coach, but he, he's, uh, you know, the New York situation didn't go right. So we can talk to you about, you know, perseverance and about uh, overcoming obstacles and, you know, about what it's like to be a champion and um, what it's like to reach a level of um, sustained greatness. And also I think that uh, he'll bring um, – I think that also he'll bring a uh, – a different, I hate to use the word vibe, but, you know, um, yeah, like, honestly, just like a different vibe to, you know, what they're doing because he was in the NBA, you know, and, like, it's a little bit different from the WNBA. But, again, these are still some of the greatest basketball players in the world, and they deserve to be treated like it. And I don't feel that all the time they get treated like it. Like, even um, going off a little bit of a, a tangent, but I think it's necessary, Um even, you know, the uh, preseason game, right? So they had the preseason game at um, Pasadena College, which is, uh, you know, which was, again, L.A. Sparks versus uh, Seattle Storm. Now, Sue Bird wasn't playing. Candace Parker wasn't playing. Elena Beard didn't play. You know, Brianna Stewart has the um, torn Achilles. Please get well, Brianna. Uh, we, we would love to see you back out there on the court. That's last year's MVP for those of you guys that um, don't know. But I feel like just having a game at Pasadena City College took away from some of the great on-the-court play. Like, it felt like, again, the play, amazing. The play was amazing. So again, one more time, some of the greatest women's athletes in the world, you can see it. They're skilled, they're physical, uh, uh, all of that. Skilled, physical, can get to the paint, can shoot the three, can play defense. They're intense. Uh, it was times when it didn't even feel like it was a preseason game. It felt like it was a regular season game at certain points in times. But... I feel like having it at that venue kind of took away from the greatness that was being shown on the court. Um, it it, it kind of felt like a high school game. Now, look, I understand it's preseason, you know, and sometimes the NBA even has preseason games. Like I remember uh, a couple years ago uh, when LeBron was still on the Cavs, they had a preseason game at Ohio State. But that's Ohio State. That's not Pasadena City College. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that those um, facilities uh, best fit a professional team. Um, it was a case where they didn't even have, like, they weren't even selling concessions. You know, like, I remember, uh, I, because at first I was sitting um, in the crowd with the homie TPJ. There was a girl, like, crying to her granddad because they didn't have, like, nachos and, like, food and stuff like that. Like, that's completely um, unacceptable. For some of the greatest 
uh, women's athletes in the world, um, you have to you have to make them uh, like treat them like professionals. And I don't think that 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 they were treated like professionals. And actually, uh, uh, Fish kind of spoke on that when it came to you know um, player development and uh, just um, roster construction and about how people go in and out so much because they have, you know, their uh Euro their Euro um contractual obligations. So listen to a clip of Derek Fisher talking about uh what he plan excuse me, what he plans to bring um uh you know uh as his coaching staff um plans to bring to this uh team and to this organization and uh, what his vision is. trying to do is, is build uh, an organizational culture that, um, you know, that becomes a standard of how we do things. Every person that works here, there's a certain way we operate on a daily basis. Um, there's a positivity to what we do, an enthusiasm, a love, and a connection, um, and that's who we want to be. And, you know, those are the people that I specifically wanted to hire on the coaching staff, um, great people, uh, but also people that can help our players get better. Another thing that I think um, these players have been robbed of. They, they haven't been given the resources to get better as players. Um, they come back from overseas, we just throw them out on the court, and they never have time to work on becoming better individually. So committing to player development and putting time in to making sure that players can improve, um, and we're not just throwing them out there to play games, you know, that's something that we're really trying to implement on a daily basis. Um, I think that you know, Derek, um, in his position, actually had a chance to be, you know, like a, um, like a, a pioneer. Um, I think that it's all laid out for him. Uh, I think that with his mindset and um, with him being in the NBA and who he was, um, um, you know, uh, as a player, I think he has a chance to really bring something to the um, WNBA that, you know, hasn't been seen. Also, I think he has a chance to be a real voice. Uh, you know, uh, um, um, for these women, like that's something that when he was, you know, saying it, I wouldn't expect him to say. You know, I, I that that's that's something that, but that people need to know. Like people need to understand. Like, yo, nobody is really helping these women consistently get better. Like we 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 just you know kind of uh, they come back from overseas and then, then the season starts two weeks later and then you just go out there and figure it out. Well, like, where is the time where you can work in, get get, get in, and you know, hone in on moves, um, things like that. Like, I, like I'm I mean, right now, half the roster isn't even in training camp. Chelsea Gray, she's not in training camp. Maria uh, Vendia, she just got you know to camp last week, and actually, she has to go back overseas in the middle of the season to you know complete her because the um, Euro League tournament starts. She has to go there and actually complete that. So I actually got a chance on media day to ask um, to ask um, Sydney Weiss um, about I got a chance on media day to ask Sydney Weiss uh, about just how difficult is it uh, you know with people going in and out and with I guess how short of a time it is between you know your uh, um, your Euro League obligations ending and your um, WNBA season starting. I got a chance to ask uh, her if it's difficult for her or just how she feels about it. So check it out. Happy here, Hoops and Brews. Question for the both of you. I know both of you played overseas, Maria. You just got here. Um, can you talk about the, I guess, the turnaround and um, how quick of a turnaround it is? Like, um, is it strenuous? Is it tiring? Um, how is it for you guys? Um, 
yeah, it's, um, we have such a small window to play, um, and so it is really cool to be able to experience different countries, meet new people, uh, play year-round for the most part, and then, you know, come back here for the summer, get to play at home in front of friends and family, um, and so I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do it. I know that there is wear and tear on your body. Um, as you can see, there's been a couple of injuries to superstars uh, because of how, how long we go and how hard we go. Um, but overall, I think to play the game, to play the sport, um, you learn, like I touched on with getting injured, you learn how to take care of yourself. You learn uh, your limits and what you should do in order to be the best that you can when it's time to take the floor. And so um, that's another thing I'm grateful for, for our coaching staff. They're very mindful to make sure that we are rested, that we're taken care of, and they don't want to push us any harder than they have to. And so obviously you got to grind. There's things that you got to improve on. Uh, you can't skip the work. There's no substitute for it. But at the same time, it is important to balance um, the workload and uh, making sure that you do take time to yourself, that you rest, that you watch Netflix shows that make you laugh, and that you, you enjoy um, the process outside of being on the court. And so, um, you know, when you're overseas by yourself, if you have resources um, for training staff, for recovery, you take advantage of those, um, and then just try and maintain throughout the course of each season. And then when you do have breaks, you take advantage of those too, and you just stop. And so that's one thing that I've learned is how important it is to just stop, um, be a person for a moment, and take it in, and then once you're back on, you turn it on. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Sydney seemed to have a very positive um, outlook on it, but Obviously, for you know uh, um, um, a coach, it can be very difficult to um, implement things when half of your you know roster isn't there. Uh, like I said, you got Chelsea Gray; she's not here. Uh, uh, Jantel Lavender, who actually uh, the word came down today that she just been traded to the um, Chicago Sky, which pretty much makes sense because they did have a lot of bigs. Like I mean, you had Neca, you had Maria, you had. Uh, Shinny, you had Candice, you had um, Kalani, who still hasn't played yet again. She has a, a calf injury um, that she sustained in the um, national um, championship game. But he definitely has his work cut out for him uh, because, again, like you're, you're, I mean, what the season starts on the I think 25th. I think they play the make make sure of this. Make sure I'm not just saying things. They play the uh, Las Vegas Aces. May 26th, and half of your roster is still not here. So it makes it very difficult to implement things. And um, I want to play this one clip. Uh, I got a couple more clips I want to play for you guys. Uh, but this one is Derek talking about how difficult it can be to implement any kind of system with, uh, you know, half of the team and um, some of your starters not being in camp. How difficult is it to kind of implement some of your schemes when you have a larger lineup but a lot of those players aren't able to play tonight? Yeah. How, how much does that kind of set you guys back a little bit to have to go with maybe different roster sizes. Yeah, no, I don't think it sets us back, but it, it is a challenge that the WNBA has a long time. It's one we have to correct. It's just how can we be serious about making this the greatest women's basketball league in the world if when you start training camp every year, 60% of the roster is not there. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, however, that's the way it is now. Um, and, and yes, you're correct. That's why we kept the menu very simple. Um, we don't want Chelsea uh, and Jonathan Lavender and other players to be behind when they show up. We want to have some basic things that we do. And as we plug people back in, we want to be really good at those things. And the more time we spend together as everybody comes back, then we'll start to add and, and level up. 
But if we're good defensively, we're playing hard, we're communicating, we're flying all over the place, getting rebounds, we don't need 12 coverages. If offensively we move the basketball, when you drive, if two people come, pass it to somebody else, shoot it when you're open, play together, we don't need 12 plays. And, um, you know, that's the team we're going to try to beat. He has his work cut out for him. Uh, but one thing I did see in the uh, um, preseason game against the um, Seattle Storm was the defense. Uh, and there was that third quarter when once they came out the locker room, I think they were down six going into the half. They came out and absolutely blitzed the storm. I think uh, NECA led the charge. She had about, I want to say, like, uh, I went, like, it was like two steals back-to-back. And one thing I've noticed is that in the WNBA, it's very, very important to not turn the ball over. When you turn the ball over and people get breakaway steals, like, obviously, you know, like, the athleticism isn't the same as in the NBA, so you're not really going to see, I mean, at least from, from, from you know, um, what I've seen, too many chase-down blocks. So if you, like, get three straight steals on, you know, uh, like three straight possessions, that's nine points. Now you just built a 16-point lead in a matter of two minutes. You know, so it's so, so uh, ball control is very imperative. I got a chance to ask Derek about uh, that third-quarter run they went on um, and to and get his opinion if that was uh, more vindictive of the team that they want to be um, defensively. And um, this is what he actually said. Yeah, it was impressive. I mean, I was, we spent most of our time talking about defense um, on a daily basis. You know, practices are mostly defensive-oriented. Um, when we came in at halftime, it was all about what we need to do defensively. Um, we have the type of basketball team that can score points. Um, so that I don't think that will ever be an issue for us if we're playing the right way offensively. Defensively, that, that's a commitment uh, that you have to decide you want to make every night. And um, I think we took fewer possessions off in the third quarter, and that's really where we got separation in the game. And you could tell they were tied together, and it, it was fun to watch, and that's something we got to try to figure out how to do it for two, three, four quarters in the game. So, again, man, I, I, I think Fish has his work cut out for him, but, you know, I think that we're online to see a great season from the young Sparks. Uh, you know, Candace Parker, she's still um, ailing with the hamstring injury, so she actually didn't play um, in the uh, last preseason game. But I think that they have enough bigs on the roster that they can kind of uh, survive until she comes back. But, again, man, I'm super looking forward to this season. I think that, you know, you have a great cast of women here. Um, and they could really do something special. Um, and, again, I, I think that Derek, excuse me, um, as a coach, just had a chance to be a real pioneer um, in this league. Uh, seems He seems passionate. Uh, you know, when he talks about something that's wrong with the league, like you can feel the passion, you can feel them get annoyed. And I think that that's what the league needs, man. The league needs somebody with a, a voice and, you know, a um, name like Fish in in a market like L.A. with the Sparks to be speaking out on these things, man, because, you know, it's very, very um, imperative and people need to know. And, uh, you know, people need to know about uh, the struggles that these women go through and also bring attention to the fact that these are some of the greatest women's athletes in the world and they deserve to be treated like it. And how do you expect to expand the game if the league doesn't do a better job of giving them the facilities and giving them the tools um, to become better? Um so yeah, man, this this uh has been Sparklight. Um I wanna leave you guys uh with another Derek Fisher quote. Um Derek was talking about uh who he wants this team to be um defensively. Uh like I said, I think that 
judging off what I saw, I think that there's no reason that this can't be a top, at the very least, top three defensive team um, in the league, especially rebounding. Like, there's no reason they should ever get out-rebounded with the bigs uh, that they have on the roster. But uh, real quick, check out this Derrick Fisher clip um, of him talking about um, what he foresees for this team defensively. Well, to me, defense, you know, is, is about mindset. A commitment to communicating with each other in a way that allows you to solve problems. Um, you know, offense is the most popular side of the basketball these days. Um, where everybody's concerned about pace and analytics and you know what kind of shots you're getting, etc. And defense is kind of taking a little bit of a back seat, and it doesn't really come up until it actually matters. So, um, you know, we're trying to build our defensive foundation right from the beginning you know our first two days of practice were primarily about defense um so just having the mindset that you know you have to be committed on that end and because of the talent we have um at times we're going to fall into the trap of thinking that we can just outscore or outplay people um offensively and, and we'll still need to be elite on the defensive end one area defensively that that really jumps out for us would be our rebounding you know, we've been in the, in the bottom of the league on that end of the floor the last couple of years, um, able to get away with it and still have some success. But I think it will elevate our team if we can become an elite rebounding team, uh, which is where drafting Kalani Brown makes sense, adding Shamea Gumake makes sense. Because if we can secure defensive possessions with rebounds, and now you get out into the open floor with the versatility in our roster, um, I think we become more efficient offensively as well so it's an important end for us and we, we, we have to be committed to it but yeah uh so like I said man this has been sparklight you know um again I'm not a, a professional with the league yet but uh I plan to be and um again man I appreciate you guys for taking this ride with me as you can see we have a different background we're in the dash radio studios uh this will be the new home for sparklight so if you've been listening on um, dash radio I really really appreciate it And if you've been watching on YouTube, um, until next time, uh, see you guys later. And um, go Sparks and Sparklight.